0: Hi everyone, it's Danny here, for those who don't know me, I'm one of the pastors at CCW and I'm uh, coming to you from my home uh, this morning because uh, I've got a sore throat and I had to have a COVID test and I'm waiting on the results so I can't get down to church. Um, Anyway, we can still share this time together um, thanks to the technology that's available to us and today we're looking at relationships. It's the last of the habits of a disciple that we're covering in our MOVE series. Uh, that we've called Move Habits of a Disciple. The the habits so far that we've covered have been dependence on the Holy Spirit and prayer and obedience and the word and exaltation. And this week we're looking at relationship. And it's not surprising that relationship would find its way into these habits of a disciple for us because um, relationship is who God is. Relationship comes out of who God is. God is relationship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, operating together in beautiful union, in muse, mutual submission, in selfless love that is beyond anything that we can understand. Um, and God wants this relationship, this connection, this joy of being with other people and and sharing with them, and and um and experiencing selfless love from another and giving selfless love to another. He wants that joy for us. Jesus prayed this, remember, in His prayer in John 17 which we've referred to a few times in the last few weeks and Jesus said pray father I want them that's us I want them to be one as we are one I want them to be in us relating as we relate father uh, you and I that is he wants for us the kind of selfless love in relationships that exist within God it's mind blowing really and I'm and as we get to know Jesus more and more and more, we discover what this kind of relationship is. Because it's not just that we would have good relationships in our marriages, although it includes that. It's not just that we have good relationships with our children or with our parents or with our siblings, although it includes that. It's not just that we have good relationships in our work or at play or it includes that, but it's more than that. This is the kind of quality of relationship that Jesus wants for his followers and wants for his followers to be able to pass on to other people as we make more disciples. Jesus comes from a basis of relationship and he's all about relationship. He modeled relationship throughout his entire life here on, on this earth. In fact, the very essence of the incarnation, that is the fact that Jesus came to be with us, underscores this truth as we read in John 1 and verse 14. So the word became human. And lived among us, made his home with us, made his dwelling among us. God became flesh, and he lived with us. Um, He left his glory, and he and he and he came down in this um, mortal shell, so that so that we could know him more clearly, so that he could relate with us. Um, God pursues relationship. Um, always has pursued relationship with us. Early in his ministry, Jesus prioritised building relationships with a broad base of people. And from these, he later identified a few that he would invest more heavily into. Any he, that was his disciples. And he committed to them. He stuck with them. He found them at times inspiring. But often Jesus found his friends immature and slow to learn and lacking faith and small-minded. But he persisted with them until they were ready to go and make disciples without him. And it turns out this was the linchpin of his whole plan in launching this world-shaking movement. Think about this. Jesus' teaching is amazing. And his works are incredible. But the future of the movement that Jesus started here hinged on his relational connection with a few people. On his relational connection with Peter. Peter and with James and with John and with Philip and Matthew and others and, and in their relational connection with each other and in their capacity when he was gone to be able to connect relationally with more people uh, the way that he had connected with them. Relationships are at the core of this whole movement of Jesus' followers. Relationships for Jesus' followers are very intentional Um Because God is very intentional in his relational connections. Now, when we say intentional relationships, um, sometimes, and I've been guilty of this too, we think, oh, that means that I've got to deliberately go out and find somebody to disciple. I have to go out and find um, someone who's a younger Christian or or not yet a Christian even, and I've got to be intentionally in my relationship with them so I can, you know, make a disciple. Uh, And that's... that's that's an incomplete way to see it, in my view. And I don't think it's a biblical way to see it, as we'll see as we go through uh, here. It's not intentional relationships, as in this is my intention for relationships. It's not intentional relationships, that is, I'm going to affect this change in people by the relationship that I have with them. It's intentional in that it flows from the heart of God and what God wants for us and for this world and for people around us. It's not our intention, it's His. Because as we've already seen as disciples of Jesus, the habits that precede this relationship habit are what dependence on the Holy Spirit. That is God, I can't do any of this. I'm entirely dependent on your Spirit moving in me. I I don't want my desires, God. I need your desires. I need your desires so that um, to replace mine so that I can do the things you want me to do and I'm going to talk to you all the time in prayer so that I understand more and more of what you want and when I hear it I'm going to obey it because I trust you God and not my own will I want your will God as I walk through this life and I'm going to find out more about you in the way you've revealed yourself through your word and i um, and I'm going to praise you I'm, I'm acknowledging that you are God and I'm um, I'm, a, I'm a created being and I'm created to have a relationship with you and I'm underneath your loving hand. Um, so I'm going to exalt God as I walk through. Um, and all of that shifts what I want in relationships because if I'm, walk in, if I'm walking in those discipleship habits, then what I want in relationships is the thing that God desires in relationships because he replaces my desire with his and then I want what he wants, which is, which is this. Remember Jesus saying this in John 13. He said, dear children, he's talking to his disciples, dear children, I will only be with you a little while longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you'll search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new command: Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. You think, what, what about the time when Peter healed that guy at the temple gate who asked him for money? And Peter said, oh, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And the guy got up and walked. And it was like, wow, wouldn't that prove that? Peter was Jesus' disciple. Or the time Peter was before the Sanhedrin, before the ruling council, and he's speaking all this theology and eloquence. And, and they're saying, how come he's speaking like that? He's an unschooled fisherman. And then they remembered that he'd been with Jesus. Remember that? I mean, doesn't that prove to the world that Peter's Jesus' disciple? Or or when he was in prison and everyone was praying and the angel came and broke him out of prison and walked him out back to where the disciples were, wouldn't that prove Sort of miracles or eloquence or power or. Um, well, yes, that helps uh, to prove that's all part of it, but the real proof, Jesus says, is here. Where? In the relational outflow of a disciple of Jesus. Love. Love is the proof. Jesus says, here's a new commandment love. Love like you've seen me love. Love like you felt me love. The way I've committed to you disciples, despite your failings. Love like that. The way I've forgiven you when you've wronged me. Love like that. The way I've stuck with you even though you've annoyed me. Love like that. The way I've helped you trust God and pushed you and believed in you. Love each other like that. Love each other like that. Now, Let me ask uh, all of us this. In our life groups, in our small groups, in all the experience we've had in those kind of spaces, which one was the best at loving like that everyone committed to each other being able to rely on each other looking after each other helping each other um, putting each other first you know in those places where you could be real and vulnerable and feel safe because you knew people were for you uh, loving you and encouraging you in those environments Um, you can probably think of one or two communities in your life that have felt like that, if you've not yet experienced something like that, then God has something wonderful in store for you as you move further into community with other people who love Jesus. Because we've probably all been in other communities that are not like that. You know, communities that are flaky, that you just, you never know. You might turn up and no one else might be there. You never knew if anyone would show. You couldn't rely on their help. People never shared anything Personal because it wasn't really that safe to be vulnerable in those spaces, and everyone was really looking for excuses not to go. You know, and if you are tired or um, just didn't want to or had a better offer, you didn't feel like you had to turn up. You feel the experience when there is love, where people are committed to each other in love, and the difference that makes. Jesus says, Here's a new commandment for you love. Love as I have loved you. It's got harder in our digital and individualistic age. Our connections are more transitory and really we have more filters. A lot of our relationships are conducted through screens. It's possible to have a thousand social media friends and still not have to love anyone. But the love God is pouring into his disciples needs a recipient. Love doesn't exist in a vacuum. You can't love nobody. If love doesn't have a target, it's not love. Love is selfless. It's away from us. It's directed at somebody. You can't love nobody and you can't love part of somebody. Love loves the whole person. I heard a Christian social commentator on a podcast last year saying, um, he said, I think for this generation... Um, There's a new spiritual discipline, Uh, the spiritual discipline of simply turning up. (laughs) And for your crew, for your life group, I'm going to turn up every time. That's what he's saying. For my crew, for my life group, um, one of the spiritual disciplines is I'm just going to turn up every time. That's one of the ways that I show that I'm committed in relationship with these people. That's one of the way I show ways that I show and that I demonstrate and that I outflow the love of God for other people, that I would be there for them, um, that I would turn up for them so that they can rely on me giving them whatever love from God I can. So there's a spiritual discipline for us. Just bam. Um, before I can love, or as part of my love, I'm going to have to be there for people. I'm going to have to uh, turn up. And Dominic and I and the boys were on holidays a few weeks ago. I can't believe it. We're at, we're at the Sunshine Coast, which just seems um, a long, long way away from anyone at the moment. And um, anyway, while we were there, we went to church with Dominic's niece. And the guy preaching there that day had to be a Victorian, didn't they? It was Russell Evans from Planet Shakers. And um, who I haven't heard that much of actually, but uh, he said a whole bunch of wise stuff. But one of the things um, that really struck me, because I've been thinking about this whole spiritual discipline of turning up dynamic, was he said, he said, you know, the 120 in the upper room when the tongues of fire fell and they were all filled with the Spirit, and at Pentecost, you know, that 120 who were all praying together in the upper room, you know, you know what differentiated them from everyone else in the world? Just this, that they, they were the ones that showed up. <laughs> that amused me. And there's some truth in that. There's some power in just showing up. One of the simplest ways we can grow in this habit of relationships and love the way Jesus loved is to show up for each other. Um, disciples are made in the context of committed relationships. i say that again. Disciples are made in the context of committed relationships. If you've ever had a great life group, you'll know this. um, Because you're there for each other. You become like family. I have people in our church say to me, my life group is like my family. I know they're there for me. I know they're for me. I know I can tell them anything. They don't judge me. They look after me. They encourage me to pray. They they help me to follow Jesus. Um, You know what it's like when you're in a great uh, life group like that. And for me, as the pastor of the church, when I see a disciple amongst us who's growing like a weed, uh, in the that's supposed to be a positive thing, <laughs> who's who's really flying in their faith, who's taking leaps and bounds in the habit of, you know, Holy Spirit dependence and prayer and obedience and the Word and exaltation, and I can see those habits growing in their life. It's usually, um, I can't think of a time where it hasn't been in the context of a committed relationships. Scenario That is, they're in a great life group or they're in a cluster of regular believers that are coming together to encourage each other in committed relationships. Um, Discipleship grows in the context of committed relationships. And I'm so grateful for our life group leaders. It's hard in this season and I understand that it's just tough to uh, keep meeting and to keep encouraging. And I'm just really grateful for all the work that you all do, that we all do in just I'm trying to keep encouraging each other in this discipleship journey, even as we're stuck in lockdown. Um, I'm grateful, especially for our life group leaders. You know, all the work we do at church, all the work that CCW is invested in is about making disciples. 100% of all of our effort and money and time goes towards making disciples. Um, And we're conscious that the pointy end of it, the where, where the rubber hits the road with this is in, always in the context of committed relationships. So our life group leaders are very much at the front line of disciple making. And so pray for them and encourage them and praise God for them in the work that they do. But for all of us, I would encourage us to turn up for your crew and love them. And if you don't want to turn up for your crew... Um, I just encourage you to invest in the other discipleship habits. Um, Like pray, God, I don't really want to turn up for my crew. Just tell him, talk to him about that. Read in the word again, the things that Jesus says and how committed he was to his crew and what he wanted for us in this habit of love. Um, Like work, just, just reset. Anytime you're struggling with any of these discipleship habits, just go back to dependence on the Holy Spirit and prayer and obedience and word. Um, and you'll get there. Um, you'll get there. So invest in the other habits until we do want to turn up for our crew and love them. So it's not just our crew, though. Yeah, Jesus said the world is going to see the love you have for each other. How is the world going to see that? Um, if we're, if we're just meeting in homes when we can, or even in our Zoom meetings, no one's going to sort of crash our Zoom meeting and investigate the way that we're treating each other. And even when we meet as a church, it's not like a big bright light beams up into the sky because of the way we're treating each other and the whole world sees it. No. What this is, is um, when we love, when we love each other, it's in the context of the world that we live in. It's in relationship with other people in the world. And they see it. They see the connections that we have between each other. And that is evidence to them, proof to them of Jesus Christ. Um, Sometimes when I was growing up, I got the impression, maybe not the overt teaching, but the impression anyway, that when Jesus said, love each other like I have loved you, there was this kind of caveat where we had to love other Christians but you could give or take um, on your non-Christian neighbours or friends. But love doesn't discriminate targets. Um, Jesus loved um, because he is love. Jesus', Jesus loved, called him to make time for a Pharisee at night yeah. who had questions and also reach out and touch a leper. Um, and everything in between. Love doesn't discriminate targets. If we're loving each other, we're also loving the lost. If we're, loving, if, we, if we're going in committed relationships to each other, we're also going in committed relationships with uh, the lost, with people who don't yet uh, know Jesus. Uh, I remember chatting uh, once I was uh, conducting a funeral and I was waiting in the lobby just outside and we are waiting for the family to arrive and one of the, one of the staff at the funeral place uh, eyeballed me, came over and said to me, I think you know friends of mine. Oh no, I think you're friends with my next door neighbours. And, um, and I went, oh that's interesting, they told me who their next door neighbours were and they were friends of um, ours. And this person, who's not a Christian, told me this story about, um, you know, she'd recently separated and she'd moved with her children into this street and these people from across the road had reached out to her and, and befriended her and helped her. And then she discovered it wasn't just her, it was um, the whole street that had this little thing going where they were looking after each other and helping each other, and the ringleaders of that whole movement were these people who were, my, who were our friends, who lived across the road, um, who had moved in early to that street and just spread their selfless love everywhere. And this lady was telling me this story about how welcomed and beautiful, welcoming and beautiful her whole street was because of the work and the leadership and the love of this Christian couple who lived next door. And she finished her story by saying to me, and I told them, and I will too, I'll come to church with them one day. Your love for each other will prove to the world that you're my disciples. I said Jesus. Now, that's fine, but what about right now? Because we're stuck, How do you love people that you can't even go and see? We we can't just turn up, we can't get together. We can't even go next door. How do we go on into discipling relationships when we're stuck in lockdown? And uh, I've been asking myself this same question. And then I thought, why am I asking myself? Do I have the answers? We've got to ask God. God, you're not intimidated by this. You're not afraid of lockdown. God's not stopped. Uh, But his love is still pouring into his people and through his people into others if we listen. He's God, holy and powerful. We might be stuck in this lockdown, but, but by his spirit, he can show us how to take our love to our crew, and to our neighbours, and to whoever he points us at. And So let's not be limited by lockdown. We can still be in committed relationships of love. We can still take the love of God uh, to the people around us. Uh, I'm aware that uh, some days we might feel more like doing that than others. Some of us are doing it really hard. In fact, most of us are doing it really hard at the moment even if your income and your circumstances are stable, this lockdown has still still hit us all really hard. It's just a bit blur, Um, And I've felt that uh, in myself too. And I'm sure you have uh, at times. Some days are a struggle for most of us. And some families are dealing with additional burdens of acute grief, loss, estrangement, illness, injury, anxiety, mental health issues. There are a lot of additional burdens that people are silently coping with at home at the moment. And if you're parents and you're trying to work from home and supervise online schooling, I know that's a nightmare. There's struggle for a lot of us. And some of us are crazy busy with hardly any space to think and others are stuck, isolated and alone with no one to talk to It's hard at the moment, isn't it? Um, So I'll, yeah, it's my birthday on Monday. I'll be 49 years old. And in my lifetime, um, I don't think there's been a time where there's a greater need for the disciples of Jesus to love each other than right now. To commit to loving each other. But we can't always. Maybe this week you had a bad day or some bad days and you had nothing left to give. But God understands that. He's not mad at you. He's just got all this love and forgiveness and help to pour into your life. So don't, don't beat yourself up. Uh, Paul says, the Apostle Paul says, I don't even judge myself. I just commend myself to the one who judges justly. Give it to God and maybe tomorrow, But maybe today and maybe tomorrow you'll have more energy so that you can follow the prompt of the Holy Spirit in reaching out to somebody who might just benefit from a phone call or a text message or um, some connection with you somehow. Maybe you can order a package for them or a meal for them or some way that you can demonstrate selfless love as God prompts us, all of us, to reach out and support each other in love in this time. Because our relationships are intentional. God has intended us to grow in this selfless love for our benefit and for the benefit of the whole world around us. So let's be people who grow in our capacity and resolve to build our discipleship habit of relationships. Selfless love in relationships. Let's pray together. Jesus, um, we commit ourselves to you that you would help us to be disciples of you, growing in our uh, capacity to love the way that you love. In Jesus' name, amen.